This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. So why are we starting out the show today with me wearing this face mask? Because Honda sent these out to members of the automotive media to show how it is pitching in to help medical personnel in the U.S. and Canada. Honda started manufacturing these face shields using a network of 3D printers in five different manufacturing facilities. But 3D printing is slow, so they switched over to injection molding, which ramped up production to over 3,000 face shields an hour. So far, Honda has donated 70,000 shields to over 300 medical facilities, and it says it's about to ship another 60,000. And this is yet another example of how the automotive industry is playing a critical role in fighting the pandemic. Speaking of Honda, it just set a production record for the month of April in China. It made over 152,000 vehicles, up 121% from a year ago. And hopefully this is a sign that the auto industry will recover quickly the world over. And let's stay with China for the moment, where BYD is going to supply batteries to Ford, according to a document, from China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology. Ford's joint venture partner, Chang'an Automobile, is seeking Chinese government approval to build a plug-in hybrid model with BYD's batteries. And this is the first time that BYD is known to be supplying batteries to a major automaker. Ford is struggling in China and hopes to build back its business with 30 new or refreshed models by the end of 2021, and over a third of them will be electric. And we've got more information on how Wuling is upgrading its product line. Wuling, of course, is part of GM's Chinese operations. The Hongguang Plus is Wuling's largest model and now comes in two, five, seven, and eight-seat layouts for both commercial and private use. Under the hood is a 1.5-liter naturally aspirated engine made into a six-speed manual. One interesting note is that Multimatic helped tune the suspension. That's the same company that builds the Ford GT and the spool valve shocks that are used in the Chevrolet Colorado ZR2. Wuling is also adding new electric vehicles. Here's the interior of the Hongguang Mini EV, which is a compact car that's about nine and a half feet long. It sure is interesting to see a new vehicle without a giant screen in the center of the dash. Lastly is the Rongguang EV, an electric minivan. Sold as both commercial and passenger versions, it comes with a 42 kilowatt hour battery that provides up to 300 kilometers of range and costs around $12,000. Here's some great video of the new Ford Bronco doing some off-road testing in Georgia. It's provided by Bronco Nation, an enthusiast site run by one of Ford's marketing agencies. Engineers were there to test where mud sticks, how easy it is to clean off, and how to prevent damage to key components from mud and water. They were also monitoring tire performance, as well as looking at the SUV's fording capabilities 
by driving through deep mud puddles. Some off-roaders even noticed that the Bronco has a feature that locks the inside rear wheel while allowing the front tires to turn, which reduces the turning radius. The new Bronco will be revealed sometime this spring. And Buick released some details on the 2021 Envision, which goes on sale next year. The crossover, which is made in China, is the third best-selling vehicle in Buick's lineup, behind the Encore and the Enclave. Even though it sells the Regal, Buick has transformed itself into a CUV brand, with crossovers accounting for 96% of its sales in the U.S. market. The restyled Envision is handsome, with good proportions and a well-sculpted body. It's powered by a 2-liter turbo with a 9-speed automatic. And it finally comes standard with a full suite of safety technologies, such as automated emergency braking, including for pedestrians. Automakers, including General Motors, promised that they would make this technology standard on all models starting with the 2021 model year. Other automakers, such as Toyota and Honda, began making this equipment standard over a year ago. The new Envision also gets a 10-inch diagonal touchscreen, as well as Amazon Alexa, Spotify, Pandora, and Fox Sports. We've been really impressed with how Carlos Tavares, the CEO of the PSA Group, is able to turn around money-losing operations. And here's another example of how he's doing it. Opel which PSA bought from General Motors in 2017, is going to manufacture a new small car for PSA at its plant in Rüsselsheim, Germany. It will be made on PSA's EMP2 platform that supports vehicles like the Peugeot 308 and Citroën C4 Picasso. That plant currently makes the Opel Insignia and will make the next generation Astra as well, but it's closed right now due to the coronavirus. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. We keep seeing more and more examples of autonomous vehicles being used for delivering food, medicine, and other products. Now, the autonomous vehicle startup Neuro is partnering with CVS Pharmacy to deliver prescription drugs. A pilot program kicks off this month in Houston, Texas, and the service is free to all CVS customers in the area. Once an order is placed, Neuro's self-driving vehicles will deliver the medication to the curbside of customers and do it within three hours or less. The prescriptions will be locked inside the vehicle until the customer provides proper identity. Neuro will use its fleet of Toyota Priuses at first and then transition to its autonomous delivery pods. Neuro has done similar projects with Kroger and Domino's to deliver food. And thanks to the pandemic, this seems to be an area where autonomous technology is actually flourishing. McLaren is best known for its racing activities, but not a lot of people know about McLaren Engineering, a subsidiary based in the U.S. that was spun off and is now part of Linamar, the Canadian supplier. That operation helped engineer some iconic production cars. Roger Miners, who worked as an engineer for McLaren in the 1980s and 90s, has an upcoming book called McLaren, The Engine Company, and it takes a deep dive into the company's engine history. We got a chance to speak with Roger, and he talked about some of the cars that they had a hand in. For instance, we were working on a turbocharger for the DeLorean. 
It was not a very successful program for two reasons. One, the Peugeot engine that they were using, the Volvo Peugeot V6, was not up to the, being turbocharged. And the second thing was DeLorean went bankrupt right in the middle of the program. But that was a typical thing. We would we would get work in from um, primarily General Motors, but we did uh, work for BMW, um, not only in racing, we, we ran two race teams for them in the 70s and 80s. Um, we did a lot of engine rebuilding work, but as time went by, uh, and it was during the, uh, we developed the Buick Indy engine, and that led to a job to build as a supercar for, for Buick called the GNX, which is a, a pretty famous car these days. Um, oh yeah, very very sought after, very cool car. Definitely something that I know uh, when I was first starting to get interested in the cars. That was one of those ones that you know kind of piques the interest a bit. Yes, and uh, that that was done according to General Motors protocols. All the testing that had to be done, all the engine um, validation, so forth, and um, so. Um, after that, we got a big program with Pontiac to uh, build a turbocharged Pontiac Grand Prix. Um, that car came out with only 125 horsepower and we upped it to 205 and made it more respectable. Uh, and um, so one thing led to another and we were doing more work in the engineering area than in the racing area. And of course, you can watch that full interview right now on our YouTube channel. And with that, we wrap up today's show. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.